For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, there was lots of bets going on. Uh, a lot of people got nervous when Kansas City was down, even in the fourth quarter, but they pulled through for those Kansas City betters, and they're right back here in the opener this season. So for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. What's up, Clipper Nation? Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here with you for a brand new episode of Believe in Clippers here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, we're here to break things down, obviously, now into the NBA offseason, but big Clippers news, of course, that we have to cover. New head coach uh, signed up for the Clips, Ty Lu, getting the head coach position. So before we get to all that, bring in Alex Acker. Alex, uh, what's going on? What's going on, bro? What's going on with you? Good. Yeah, just uh, transitioning into this uh, basketball less period of time that we'll probably be in for who knows till january or february but uh the news keeps going as we said so yeah all good over here what's going on with you man uh everything's going good so far man um uh, just just a little bit of downside as far as this coronavirus happening but everything is going clockwork and uh, going perfect right now but yeah i'm kind of bummed out uh nba is gone and we're trying to find some way of uh entertaining ourselves from this point <laughs> yeah well there's still you know some other sports going on so that'll help and as we said big news for the clippers is you know last time we talked just a little over a week ago you know the coaching search had begun clippers let go of doc rivers and we had kind of gone through some of the candidates and after a pretty thorough you know two-week search for the clippers uh they take ty Lu as the head coach of course just shifting over from being the lead assistant to now head coach for the clippers and uh, you know, exciting times. What are your thoughts on the hire for the Clippers and, and the move of bringing Ty Lue as the head coach? Man, I think it's a great look. You know what I mean? You, you bring another experienced uh, coach um, that um, is actually, you know, he's won the championship for sure, but he has the, the utmost respect for these guys, and they look up to him as far as mentorship. And uh, the way he came in and just mentoring them as much as, as he could and not stepping on Doc Rivers' uh, toes by any means, uh, just playing his role um, and waiting for his opportunity. Um, it was a smooth transition, and I felt that it was the best situation for the Clippers to go ahead and make this decision uh, with Tyrone Lue um, and not try to do something outrageous by getting somebody that they have to you know, implement in and uh, um, get a feel for them and see how they go about you know um, doing things with the players that they need to. They need somebody that's already homegrown and, pretty much just know what's what's it about right now you know 
Yeah, I think it's kind of the best of both worlds where, you know, a lot of these coaching searches, you know, you need a change for a, a specific reason. But the Clippers were, at least in the regular season before the pandemic, super successful. Number two seed, of course, in the West, a lot of talent. Um, so, you know, you want to keep some things intact. And you have, as you said, that familiarity with Ty Lue. But he also, of course, has his own style and own flair. So you get kind of the mix of someone who is close to Doc, who is close to the players, and now also brings his own style and technique. I, I think I think it's a good move as well, and and I'm excited to see you know what he does with the team because I think I think honestly because he coached LeBron and LeBron is such a, you know one of the best players of all time that you know his coaching gets overlooked or overshadowed, but he's really an underrated tactician has amazing play calls and sets and X's and O's and I think we'll be able to see that going forward that you know he's more than just LeBron's ex-coach he's actually a great coach and I think uh, I think fans will see that once you know they're able to get rolling with the next season yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it man and it's going to be a fresh start and uh you know not nothing swept underneath the rug for sure but that that mold and stain that they have on their back um it'll be pretty much a, a great point for them to to actually move forward with a good coach like like Tyrone Lue for sure. Yeah, and one and one of the things that, you know, there's many things that I'm excited about, but I think, you know, in going back to Ty Lue's previous head coaching experience, you know, he obviously won the championship with the Cavs in 2016, but one of the things that you hear from that experience from pretty much everyone up and down the board is he was really one of the only if not the only coach to kind of be able to go back and forth and hold LeBron and other stars accountable. You know, he's not afraid of star players. And, of course, with this Clippers team, you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two really big stars and big egos, big voices, whatever you want to say, and having a coach who is not afraid to, you know, yell at them when he needs to, get connect to them when he needs to, I think will be important, especially when you get into playoff scenarios where things are a little more intense. I think that's going to be a positive for this team. It's dope, for sure. Um he came in, I think, with uh, Black as the head coach at that point, right? If I'm not mistaken. And then yeah, they let yeah. go Black, and then Tyrone stepped in and um, took over the league. And um, it was it was a tough situation, you know, going back to that Cleveland days of him trying to get the respect from uh, LeBron James and the, the staff that he had. So, uh, yeah, I, I really had hats goes off to somebody that can actually – tame a lion and, and get him under control not not in that way or shape or form by any means but just really but just really like um helping him uh see fit that he's actually here to help and not just trying to be you know the dominant force of like it's my show my thing and this is what you got to do um so has to go off to that and i hope he can bring that over here because he got some some serious lions in the den right now to need to be tamed and figure out how to win collectively. And that's the biggest goal right there. And a big thing that I think will be important, and I think that a lot of the fan base at least is clamoring for not only in these past playoffs, but just in the past couple of years in general for, for Doc, who's obviously a great coach in his own right. But I think the biggest criticism that fans felt was kind of the, the inability or the being too late to adjust in certain playoff series. And, maybe sticking to your guns too long and not making those adjustments. You know, the, the Harold Zubach minutes is, is a big example of that. But, you know, I think Ty Lue, again, is another guy who has shown a willingness to be creative and throw adjustments out there. You know, he had playoff series where he would go ultra small and play LeBron James at center. He'd have other series where he'd have, you know, Tristan Thompson in the traditional five. So I think, again, with this Clippers roster, 
there's a lot of versatility where you can go small and be successful. You can go big and be successful. I think he's someone who's willing to to play with that and mold those lineups and and not be stuck on one thing. So I think that's exciting going forward as well. Yeah, it is. And I hope the fans can actually see something that uh, that is moving forward and they won't be so so down so much about this uh, this ending result that we had, man. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a rough finish. So I think that, yeah, this is you know, a chance to rebuild some excitement and, and get things moving back in the right direction. And and I know that, you know, last time we talked, we were talking about maybe outside-the-box head coaching candidates, and someone you mentioned was Chauncey Billups. And he might not be the head coach, but he's, by all accounts, going to be one of the lead assistants for Ty Lue and come out of the broadcasting booth, join as an assistant coach for the Clippers I just want to get your thoughts on that because you obviously were someone who was advocating for him for the head job and now putting him on the staff with Ty Lue and what that could mean for the team. Yeah, well, I, I know firsthand that, that that's going to be an awesome uh, situation, uh, especially from the experience of the front court of the point guards and two guards and stuff like that. Chauncey Billups is a great mind, um, and he knows how to, to mentor guys, uh, especially for me uh, speaking from experience, and when I had him my first year, as far as a uh, a big brother and um, a, a friend that that helped me get through that first year of a, a tornado of not knowing what to expect, you know what I mean. Um, so I just know what he brings um, collectively as a, as a as a leader, you know what I mean. And I seen that his body of work actually shows um, just by his leadership, off of not even saying nothing by his actions alone. So. It, it, his credentials is high. Um, a lot of other players see that they're going to they're going to really look up to him and have you know big eyes when he's talking and he's engaging with these players. And uh, it's just going to be amazing, you know what I mean? From that point, I just know the relationship that Tyrone Lou and um, Chauncey Billups has um, is really amazing, and um, that's the chemistry that you're going to need. Um, to challenge each other, each other at the same time, but also have that relationship where you can bounce ideas off, and um, they're going to definitely be able to do some damage for sure. Um, so I, I really respect uh, the Clippers for doing that and looking into that, and I definitely know 100% that Tyrone Lou wanted this situation to happen for Chauncey Billings to be one of his uh, assistants um, before he even took the job. And, and from the player's perspective, you obviously had you know a playing career in the NBA and, and a long career overseas as well. Uh, how important is it? We know there are certainly coaches that were not NBA players and don't have this experience, but just from the, the respect factor, Ty Lue, of course, we mentioned he coached a championship team. He's got experience with some of the greats in his playing days and as a coach up and down his career. You know, Shaq and Kobe, Phil Jackson, uh, you know, he was obviously around Doc and Paul Pierce, CP3, LeBron, just down and down the list of, you know, iconic NBA coaches and players that he has connections with and has coached or played with. How important is that for, you know, this Clippers team and for you as a player? What would be your mindset when it comes to having a coach who has that resume? Man, it's just, it's just a, another eye that you see. I always look at it this way. Um, it's two perspectives on the basketball court. It's a coach's perspective and it's a player's perspective. To have that as a as a bonus where your coach can actually see both things uh, from a coach's standpoint and a player's standpoint is really awesome. You know what I mean? And it's rare that you'll have that inter, inter um, that uh, relationship with your with your coach. My first experience actually having it with a big time coach was Paul Westfall, um, coach of the Phoenix 
sons in the playoffs, Charles Barkley, all these great guys, you know what I mean? And he was a top 50 um, basketball player, Mr. Basketball player in California, USC, phenomenal player. So um, I got a chance to be coached by that, you know what I mean? And, and it was just an awesome experience that I can bounce ideas with him with a flash and he knows what I'm thinking and, and he sees the things that I see, you know what I mean? And be able to change situations a lot faster than just letting it play out and just hoping and praying that um, it works. You know what I mean? Basketball, every quarter is different. Every timeout's different. You got to be able to change and adapt. And I think that's one of the things that the Clippers did not do um, that whole series. You know what I mean? They didn't make any changes, and they felt that they can go out and just pray that they can win a game. And it almost caught, caught them at the end of the tail with the uh, Maverick series, and they, mm. they barely came out alive, you know? So um, they definitely need changes in it. I know for a fact that Chauncey Billups is one of these players that can turn it on and have a different mindset from the off from the from the regular season to the playoff season. You know what I mean? And that's a different season that you got to think about and you got to look at it a different way too. Yeah, and how do you, coaching wise, playing wise, find that balance between regular season and, and playoffs? Because as we said, the Clippers had a very successful regular season. You know they. Mm-hmm at first had a successful playoff start and obviously flamed out in that regard. But we know that if you look, of course, at the team that won the championship, the crosstown team, the Lakers, they were really locked in for the entire season. They were obviously the one seed. They never seemed like they were ramping up. They were just always on the whole year and ended up winning the whole thing. You know, the Clippers, of course, for injuries being a factor, you know, Kawhi's load management for his knee injury. Paul George was out for a couple months. You know, they had plenty of continuity issues just due to injury, but how much how do you find that balance as a team and as a coaching staff of being prepared during the regular season but also having it carry over to the playoffs and finding the the balance between the two? Man, I don't I, I really don't know because eighty two games is a long season. Yeah. Um but that balance has to be consistent. I think that's the most important thing. Where it can't just be like Oh, I'm tired and fatigued. I'm going to give it to Kawhi Leonard, and he's going to carry you for 40 games, and then now I want to click and turn it on type thing. You know what I mean? There has to be a balance where everybody's accountable and hold their own. And if there is some more that needs to be done, um, the bench has to step up and do these things. You know what I mean? The little things that's needed, taking the charge and stuff that's not on the stat, stat sheet at all, or getting an extra rebound and not being selfish and making an extra pass. You know what I mean? Those things go highly because in the playoffs, um, each basket is huge. Each turnover is huge. You know what I mean? And, and when you're in the game, you, you can't see that. Um, you need a coach that actually can know when the right situations that need to occur and what time and stuff like that. And um, I always go back to what I said before when the second uh, podcast, like Chauncey Billups, man, I've seen – I got to witness him two seasons of, of – excellence you know and from an underdog perspective of 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 him um being in minnesota and and creating himself into an all-star um i feel that he's going to be able to help these other guys find their way um a lot faster than just them doing it on their own yeah no question about it and you know of course stuff like this is going to come out you know and after a really rough playoff ending but there's been a lot of you know, different headlines and news articles about either chemistry issues for the Clippers or, you know, yeah. issues that teammates had with Kawhi getting preferential treatment. 
along with, you know, Kawhi maybe wanting the team to add a point guard uh, to what they already have. Just what are your thoughts on a lot of these stories and just kind of the aftermath of the beginning of this offseason for the Clippers? Yeah, I uh, I would have to say that, you know, like you hear a lot of noise when, when you know, RP to Kobe Bryant when he wanted to play with certain greats like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Paul Gasol. Um, mandatory um, requests for these guys. Uh, the same thing with you hear from LeBron James, you know what I mean? They see things that needs to be done in the off season in order to, you know, overcome these hurdles that they need. Um, so, so I don't, I don't look at it like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad thing. I think that um, just the elephant in the room, just being addressed um, right then and there, you know what I mean? Um, if Kawhi is asking for something that that's needed and he feels that's, going to be helpful um you definitely want to look into it for sure and i don't think that he's going to be able to come to somebody um as far as the head ups um without consulting the players um for any reason at all you know what i mean um so uh it's got to be a collective thing and i think that's one of the things that they need as far as um a general on on just controlling the, the the court and the floor of the game um and relying on, you know, offense and getting guys situated and organized and stuff like that. Um, I think that's going to be a huge standpoint for, for the Clippers as well to have. Um, yeah, and, and, I, and, you know, for this team, I think it's going to take some creativity. Obviously, a lot of teams are able to find gems or diamonds in the rough, and we know this Clippers front yeah. office has done a great job. But, you know, as you will see on Twitter from fans and other things, it's like, oh, go get Drew Holiday or Chris Paul or <laughs> Kyle Lowry. It's, it's not that easy, obviously. They have, they have no idea of the cap of salaries or anything like that. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, you got to put together, especially for, say, if you want Chris Paul back. Was he making $44 million next year? That's like, <laughs> so that one, unless there's a buyout, I don't know if I'd hold my breath for that one. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those situations where I think the expectation should be, unless there's some kind of blockbuster trade, which... You know, there could be a trade, but I don't anticipate after just one year the Clippers ending this partnership with, you know, say trading Paul George somewhere. I don't think that's going to happen. So, no, you know, no means, no. you look at the point guards available, it's probably going to be a role player type guy and not, as we said, yeah. one of these star point guards, you know, Kyle Lowry making $30 million. That's that's probably not realistic. Yeah, no, it's not realistic. Um, I would, I would, I would dig in the in the jewelry box for sure and see if you can find a diamond in the rough. Um, there's a lot of free agents out that that haven't been played. Um, there's a lot of guys that's playing in the D League that can be, blossom and be great players. You know what I mean? You just really have to um, lean on on the the coaching staff that you have and making sure that they can mold these guys the way they want to to bring somebody in that's already. 100% developed might be detrimental and, and to the team because it would be hard to change them in the way that you want them to run the team. You know what I mean? To give somebody the ball and that energy of, of running the team, um, you need full cooperation at the same time. You need them to be free as well at the same time. So uh, it's going to be hand-in-hand hand where they got to really collectively think about this. But I would definitely try to look um, – you know, elsewhere as far as not just like a uh, a Russell Westbrook type player that would definitely like I, I'm not going to say Celtics by no means. Westbrook is a excellent player, but it might not fit that mold for that team. Yeah, no, I can completely agree with you there. And and you look at 
you know, I think bringing it back to the coaching of Ty Lu, you look at one thing that I think was emphasized within the interview process from what we've heard and just from what this team is looking for, not only a coach who can, you know, get this veteran group to work well together, but also, as you mentioned, to develop guys well. And we talked about it at the end of the season that, you know, Terrence Mann, the young kid, has shown some flashes. You know, they have on the yeah. big on the big man side, they spent a first round pick on on Fecab and Gele, who's a very young raw but talented you know potential big man coming up for them so you know they could be looking to develop these young guys and and hopefully you know put them into a role where they can contribute right away Terrence Mann young but he spent years in college just turned 24 years old so certainly you know might have the chops to be able to be a contributor sooner rather than later yeah no I like Manns for sure he's not scared at all um, he plays like a rookie. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But with that being said, he just need more time yeah. um, to blossom into you know his own. So um, I'm not just saying just give him the ball and give him more freedom, but uh, see what he can do earlier on down the season. You know what I mean? He drafted somebody for a reason. Um, I love how how the Spurs do things. You know what I mean? I'm I don't know if it's old school or not, but if you're if I'm drafting you and I'm paying you, you're gonna play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Like, you're going to play, and you're going to play the way we want you to play, or you're going to sit down. And I love that way that they do things, and everybody on that court that has a jersey on is getting a tick, no matter what, you know? So maybe they should go think about something like that, where they're actually really developing players, you know what I mean? And and really, like, putting on some sweats and shorts and going in. And Tyrone Lue and Chauncey and the rest of the staff can definitely do that. They just need, you know, uh, to start now, I would say. Yeah, and I think that's something that has been been missing from the Clippers for, you know, a good chunk of this past tenure. And as we said, you know, not trashing Doc Rivers at all. He's been a, he's a great coach and, you know, he'll probably do very well in Philadelphia. And there's a lot of pressure under a win-now scenario, which he was with the Clippers, which makes it harder to play young guys. But, you know, outside of really playing Shea Gildas-Alexander, the young guys didn't really get a shot in the previous, you know, coaching time for Doc Rivers. So I think... That was, again, an emphasis for this team to find that balance of playing the vets but also developing these younger guys and, and turning them into real players. Yeah. Well, you seen, like, bashing these guys that, that was like, wow, they can really play. Wow, he's averaging a double-double. Like, everything's a wow factor, but they've been sitting there the whole time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't an injury or, or somebody actually leaving the bubble, they wouldn't have never played or never ever been, in, you know, had that spotlight to play. And we said it before, the, the bubble was going to show a lot of, you know, gems and the diamonds in the rough that would come up and, you know, play in their 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 relaxing stage because there's no fans or crowds or booing or echoes and stuff like that. It's just 5 on 5 hooping type stuff. So uh, maybe that'll carry on, that these guys know that they can play. And um, uh, that, that should bring some, some excitement too, for sure. Yeah, and you look at the teams that have been super successful and obviously even the two teams in the finals this year you know Miami just one of the the best at finding those diamonds in the rough of course Duncan Robinson undrafted incredible role player for them mm-hmm. and you know getting Bam Adebayo in the middle lottery and and you know Kendrick Nunn who was a rookie of the year candidate a lot of those guys that they find and develop and, and even the Lakers with you know a guy like Alex Caruso who's a G League guy who ended up being a big contributor on a team that won a championship so it's it's finding those kind of ancillary pieces to help round out the roster that I think is really important as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, man, I, uh, 
I, I just say it's bum because uh, they don't have no first-round picks. You know what I mean? They don't have uh, a good chance of getting somebody um, before they even get, you know, get seen that. So um, they got a lot of – they got to work with what they got for sure. But they got a they got a great experience. And, um, you know, we're we cheering for everybody to get this thing going and figure it out with this new blood coming in. Yeah, and I think that's something, again, with the front office that you can kind of trust them to – to be creative, as you said, to try to figure that out. And, you know, I'm sure at some point, you know, they can find these draft picks. And if anything, we've seen second round picks, which, you know, a little more hit or miss, but those are usually available for a price, which we know Steve Ballmer is willing to pay. So they've got a late second round pick this year. They can they can maybe get, you know, up earlier in the second round and, you know, try to get creative and, and get another young guy on the roster. Yeah, I love how Steve Bomber's doing this, man. He's treating this like an NBA 2K PlayStation game. <laughs> Just putting money on the table, man. <laughs> this dude's crazy. crazy. He wants to win, man. Um, his energy has to match it for sure. Um, the the team's energy. They got they got to win. They got to figure out some way to get over that hump. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, one more thing. I know we were talking about the uh, the you know the team Kawhi Leonard stuff and. Yeah. You know, while I think it's true, he probably would like a point guard to help ease the load a little bit. Uh, as we said, yeah. things in the off season, there's a lot of stories thrown out there, and you know, I'm almost certain this has to be third hand information because we know Ka- Kawhi Leonard, even back to his free agency, he doesn't leak anything. He doesn't talk to anyone. So this is obviously someone else talking about what they think Kawhi Leonard's thoughts are because there's no way he's going around even saying anything like that. So. Um, just knowing yeah. who, who he is and how he operates, that's, uh, I think, important to say that I don't think he's going around to the media or anything like that <laughs> making those demands. I, I agree. No, I agree with you for sure. Or so, or talking at all. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so, no, that's definitely true for sure. I don't think he would actually um, mumble anything to anybody's ear and put that image of him doing something like that, um, especially on on his team. You know, so yes, definitely true. Yeah, so as we said, we we know we've got a a long off season ahead. Um, NBA draft coming up next month, and free agency the month after that. So we know that it'll be an interesting time for the Clippers. They're, I'm sure they're going to make some moves. How dramatic, we don't know. But a couple big free agents they have to take care of as well. With you know, Harrell, Marcus Morris, and Jamichael Green. So we'll have a lot to talk about during this off season. Of course, excited about Ty Lue, and uh, we'll continue to kind of break down that hire and you know as he continues to add to his staff and we see what's going on but um good to talk to you Alex about the new addition and excited about Ty Lue coming on board to be the head coach for sure appreciate it man thank you that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast and the Believe Podcast Network if you enjoy the show please rate review and subscribe on Apple five stars always helps us out and you can find us anywhere you find your podcast whether it's Spotify Google Play Tune in, iHeart, on and on. We're on any platform that you need. Also go to Believe.com and follow at Believe Podcast and at Believe Sports. Alex and I, as we said, will be back throughout this offseason to keep you updated on everything going forward with the NBA. We know it'll probably be a lengthy offseason going into likely January. It's kind of unknown right now, but we got you covered here on the Believe Podcast Network, so don't worry. Until then, we'll talk to you again next week here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.